You're watching USA, America's favorite cable network. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Retro Cult Up All Night. <clears throat> no, I didn't change the name of the show, but tonight we're going to talk about something that uh, I'd say a lot of people my age are very familiar with, and that is USA Up All Night. If you're not, then get ready because <laughs> we're going to kind of deep dive into this thing. Um, growing up, like, and I know a lot of people probably born before 90 or born after 90 uh, may not have really experienced this as much because that makes you 10 going into 2000. And there were still video stores and stuff then, but they were definitely, definitely dying down. <clears throat> and um, it wasn't as prevalent to go rent movies and things like that. But you didn't always have the ability to, one, go rent movies. And two, TV was a lot different back then than it is now um not all in positive ways not all in negative ways obviously now we've got every movie imaginable at uh the touch of a finger i mean anything you can imagine between streaming services and things like that and, and i enjoy that i really do like it's <clears throat> it's fun that the capability of just having anything you want at any time is there um it's something that I'm, I really appreciate, like, in regards to I can find movies I couldn't find. But I think it does do something in taking away anticipation and appreciation. Um, and th that's a personal thing. Like, that, that's something you, you can, if you have the willpower, do yourself and put back in. But, like, scheduled appointment television, you know, I don't know how big of a deal that is anymore. I mean, I definitely don't feel the need or feel like I'm required to um, wait for something or to really put an emphasis on, you know, scheduling watching something because I can miss it and catch it now. And one of the biggest examples of that I can think of, like for me, because <clears throat> I never was a TV show person. Uh, in, in my entire life, like as far as sitcoms or just scheduled TV show shows went, like there were things I didn't miss. Like there were phases of my life. I didn't miss Monday Night Raw. I didn't miss Nitro. I recorded those. Uh, the biggest example I always use is the X-Files. So there were a couple episodes of the X-Files I didn't know existed until, well, I knew they existed, I guess, but I, I hadn't seen them until years later on a uh, DVD set that had all the episodes on it. And that was one of my favorite shows. One of the few shows that I kind of appointment watched. I sit down, this is when it comes on, and probably one of the few shows that I used um, the TV Guide for, because I, I hear people my age and older all the time talking about the TV Guide, and couldn't wait to get it and look and see what was coming on, and this. And I, that wasn't the case for me. Uh, for me, I really didn't look. I kind of just gambled. And it's just whatever came on because I didn't spend a ton of time watching TV growing. I mean, I don't, I don't think a lot of people did as far as like 
daily activity went. And for some reason, like I think when you're really young, cartoons, Saturday morning cartoons and stuff, they're important and you watch them and then you kind of just hit this time to where you just kind of watch what you watched when you watched it. And then as you got older, television, especially like late nineties into 2000, like music television and and shows like a show from USA called farm club become like a cool thing to catch because it was something that people were talking about. And it was something that, um, that had, uh, like social meaning, I guess. And, and, you know, you ended up getting that as an adult. <clears throat> I've never really had it, but like I hear people all the time, to, you know, uh, when Lost was out talking about the latest episode of Lost. And I, I didn't see that till way after Lost was off the air, or you will hear, I still hear people talking about the latest episode of The Walking Dead. So it's not completely dead in that sense. But me as a kid, uh, it was get up maybe watch a little TV in the morning. You know, I'm thinking summer or a weekend. Uh, During the week, not much of anything. You know, when I was younger, it was Cartoon Express in the morning, again, on USA. And I did a complete episode about the USA Network and probably going to do another one and sit down with some other guests and really just go over that one and talk about that one because USA Network was was big for me. Um, But... You'd spend your day, especially in the summer, playing or whatever outside or doing whatever as you got all riding bikes and then eventually got into bands and stuff like that. But I uh, I was always a night owl and um, I always like to be up late at night. And I, uh, I always um, was a late person, like a, a definitely a up late person and still um it wasn't for work and and having a day shift job, which I'm hoping to go to working for myself within the next year or so. But if it wasn't, a, you know, that I would still be a night owl. Um, I, I just, I enjoy it more. Like I like nighttime. And back then, um, you know, especially nights I was home alone, I had to some, have something to do at night and, you know, uh, from TV land, all these different channels that come out and all these uh, different TV programs and stuff, late night. There's always a lot of good movies on late night. And the name escapes me now, but I remember a guy from USA, General something or Sergeant something, <clears throat> did a movie hour-like deal. And uh, you obviously had Elvira who in terms of appearance, <laughs> just to be completely honest, in terms of appearance and character was always my favorite of those hosts. Uh, you had Spengoli, which really I only found about kind of later. Um, he, he really come on the radar for me later on in life. Uh, you had Joe Bob Briggs. Uh, the only issue with a lot of those shows was they were horror-based. I'm not a horror guy, never have been, probably never will be like I'm a comedy guy and an action guy pretty well straight down the line. Like that's, that's what I do. And I was born in 82. Um, So, you know, born in the eighties and 
I was a big movie buff even back then. And I don't consider myself a movie buff. I got a buddy named Mug that is a real movie buff, especially when it comes to horror. And we had a friend named uh, Brad and, and he and Mug were really big on the horror end. But then <clears throat> Brad knew a little bit about everything. Like, I mean, everything. And, could just drop knowledge on you on whatever genre of movie. And, and, and he got into more of these weird eccentric movies. And again, I like comedies and action movies and I like really bad comedies and I like really bad action movies. And I like movies that are so bad that I consider them good. A lot of people are kind of confused by that one. They're like, what do you mean? It's so bad. It's good. I guess like the commercial passe thing to say now, the thing that everybody could identify with now that it's popular is The Room. The Room is a horribly shot movie, but it was shot completely in a serious tone. It's a horrible movie, but it's amazing to watch. And I've always been just fascinated with that. And there's a Samurai Cop. Samurai Cop's one of those movies that, excuse me, I can't clear my throat. Uh, Samurai Cop's one of those movies, again, that it is so horrible that it's good. Like, it's enjoyable to watch. And later on, we would get Mystery Science Theater 3000. And then later from that, Riff Tracks. And they really took a different approach to this hosted movie ideal because they were watching the movies along with it and talking over it. And to me, that is a great model, and I love it. Uh, but very early on, I realized that from video stores and things of that nature, that there's so many movies out there and so many I hadn't seen. And, and like, there's just movies that your parents won't let you rent or that it's kind of a little embarrassing to watch in front of your parents. And a lot of those movies made it to USA up on that. And, <clears throat> Again, they did a lot of horror. They did a lot of things, but they did a lot of stuff in general. Now, I can't sit and say I'm an old school from day one USA up on that person because I'm not. Um, it, you know, uh, I, I found it. My guess would be early 90s, 90, 91. You look at 90, I'm eight years old, and you go, well, <laughs> Is an eight-year-old really going to be watched? I was with my grandfather most nights. There's a possibility. I would say closer to 92. By 10, I know I was watching it, and I know I was staying up to watch it. Um, So USA Up All Night or Up All Night with Rhonda Shear may have even been what it was called at first, I think. Uh, It aired on Friday and Saturday nights on USA Network from, I think, around about, 89 to 98. Um, I actually tried to look that up and seen some uh, varying things, some things kind of that showed differently. Like I show, I seen something that showed the, the show beginning in June 6, 1986. I'm for that by that point. I'm not seeing it. Um, but the, the ideal behind the show is you take low budget, films booked with using in-studio 
comedy skits or, or these guys are on location or on a film studio somewhere with hosts that introduce the movie, talk about the movie, and kind of just add some type of comedic breakup to this. They're hosting you watching this movie. And again, my first memory of ever seeing anything like that was the other show on USA with the general. <clears throat> For some reason, I have this memory of this show and i'm assuming it's it because i really don't have a lot of memory of that now you look back now and you're like well you know you've got all these cult classics that came on usa up on that i don't know how cult classic they were at the time some of them especially some newer ones some of the 80 ones you know like they really hadn't gotten to that level yet so maybe usa up on that made them cult classics or maybe they were just <clears throat> A little ahead of the curve on that you know uh but it was definitely a sea of b movies and i like b movies um there were some sexploitation films in there and uh you know as a young teenage boy <clears throat> that became a really big attraction to me uh to usa up on that um <clears throat> There was a lady named Caroline Schlitt, I believe, that originally hosted uh, Friday nights while Gilbert Godfrey done Saturday nights. And the best I can remember, Gilbert always did uh, Saturday nights. Um, I, I read that she, the Schilt lady left in 90. I don't remember her at all. So that would make some sense because, again, I'm a little too young for that. Then Rhonda Shear replaced her on Fridays. <clears throat> um, that is the USA Up on that lineup I kind of remember the most. Uh, Rhonda Shear and Gilbert Godfrey. And, I mean, obviously, Rhonda Shear was a beautiful lady. I think she may have been some type of beauty queen pageant winner or something like that. She may have even competed for Miss USA. Uh, I, I don't know if that was a joke that was in it, but going back and rewatching some bumpers and stuff like that, I heard that mentioned. Uh, maybe she was like a Miss Louisiana or something. Either way, she was a really pretty lady, and uh, that helped. And that made Friday nights fun. Uh, but Saturday nights, you had Gilbert Godfrey. And uh, I always loved Gilbert Godfrey. Like, I... He was entertaining. It, it's it's a different type of humor than I'd seen in a lot of other places. I've always been big on stand-up comedians and comedy. Be honest with you, I didn't know anything about his stand-up work at that time or anything of that nature, but he was a funny guy, and I thought he'd done a good job. I thought both of them did, and I always liked it. Like, every once in a while, you'd see them together. Um, in my head, it probably happened a lot more than it really did. Because in my head, they were together a lot. But um, I definitely remember some special episodes of them being together. But I don't, I don't know how often they did that. Um, but, you know, looking back, and people say this to me all the time, especially my wife, it's like, <coughs> sorry, I couldn't get to the mute button. Uh, it, it's like, how can you like those movies? They're so bad. And... Maybe, and it's possible, um, that it's a result of USA Up All Night. Because 
you've seen things on USA up on that that you didn't see anywhere else. Uh, the, the trauma stuff is a, a good example of that toxic Avenger and things like that, but attack of the killer tomatoes, like I would have to say with attack of the killer tomatoes without me actively searching it out and finding it online, I have never seen attack of the killer tomatoes anywhere except USA up on that. And I don't know if you should, because I think that's the right environment to see that. And I alluded to the, um, oh, what is it? The uh, TV guide earlier, you know, one of the few times I can remember checking that TV guide before the X-Files era, because sometimes shows would get preempted or pushed and that wasn't bad on Fox, but, that was more the reason that to know what the episode was called and stuff. And I tried to film like record with a video cassette, a lot of the X-Files episodes, but um, one of the few times before that, that actually used that TV guide was <clears throat> remember. And, and again, this is in a pre digital world. I can remember. And, and I remember this, Yes, probably partially because of the determination I had to find it and partially because of the excitement of when I found it. But I have a fairly good memory of this. I seen USA up all night for the first time. And the movie I had seen uh, had a pretty profound impact on me, I guess, but not enough that I can remember what that film was. However, I did know. I really liked this and I had seen it just passing through the channels late at night a couple times before. So I knew this comes on USA and this is a show where the show movie that I think I would like to watch. How do I find this? And so I go to the TV guide and I can remember seeing this USA up all night and the name, the name alone has this kind of this feeling, you know, kind of like this connotation of, <clears throat> You shouldn't be up like, you know, this is more adult. This is more risque. And you obviously you got the adult ads, the 1-800 numbers and stuff at night or 1-900 numbers. And uh, but it had this this feel of th this is what the adults are doing. So you you shouldn't be doing this, which obviously meant I'm, I want to be I want to be doing this. And um, I wasn't excited for USA up all night every week like I was. Uh, at one point when I was younger for wrestling or even when I was older for wrestling or like I was for the X-Files, USA Up All Night was more of that thing of this is on really late at night because USA Network had something similar to like a news lead in for a very short while, I think, when I was watching that. And like it was later at night, everybody else was going to be in bed. Like it's not something I had to plan for. It's just like I'm going to be up anyway. Um, I'm either going to be up, you know, playing a video game or watching a movie that I already own, uh, or I'm going to be up watching USA up on that. Like it was just, it was part of routine. It wasn't even part of like playing it out and had to get excited and stuff like this is routine. It's Saturday night, you watch USA up on that. And again, USA had a, a lot of things in its schedule that 
I got that way with. I got that way with Sunday Night Heat. I got that way with Monday Night Raw because they were both on there. I got that way with Duck Man for a long time. Um, you know, I was that way when I was little with Cartoon Express. I thought that was the best cartoon, you know, lineup coming or going. <clears throat> and so USA Up All Night kind of finds its place for me. And you know, I remember the host really well. I remember the feeling and the excitement and kind of like it was, it felt like a cool hip thing to be doing because, you know, you'd get, you know, whatever, because I can't remember all the titles, just insert because I guarantee something with a name similar to this, you know, cheerleader, beach, volleyball, car wash, whatever was there, you know, and for whatever reason, I remember like the ski patrol movies and things of that nature being on there. <clears throat> and those felt cool and they felt hip. And I, I looked over a couple lists back when I did the USA Network podcast, which has been a long time ago. And it was hard to get lists that didn't contradict and stuff like that. And the list doesn't do me a lot of good if I can't remember it. And I, I don't remember if any of the lists actually had this, but I remember for whatever reason, I have this memory of whether it's correct or not seeing, um, believe revenge of the nerds like two or three the first time on usa up all night and i have this memory a very good memory of seeing uh police academy one of the police academies on usa up all night but i couldn't give you a number to either one of those to be exact uh but i remember that being the first place i'd seen either of those two franchises and there are two franchises i ended up really liking Again, I like bad movies because a lot of people would consider both of those bad movies, I guess. And <clears throat> I liked them. But, you know, like, I do remember Money Can't Buy Me Love for whatever reason. Uh, I know I've seen it on USA Network. So there's a good possibility that a lot of these movies I saw got accredited to USA Up All Night when they were simply just on USA Network. Uh, and that's possible. That's that's highly possible. I, granted, I don't know for sure that that's the case, but um, I feel like uh, with some confidence, I can say I've seen some of those movies on there. And, you know, I get in that time frame saying I don't remember that first host. And... You know, I've tried to think about that all day. Like, when did I really start watching USA up all night? And I don't know for sure. Uh, but it is possible. I've seen it some in that earlier time, but I, I don't know. But you take the comedies like Police Academy and Revenge of the Nerds. Those are movies you could see other places. Uh, and th those are movies I could rent. Like, I remember renting Police Academy movies. and. You know, they have this reputation of only showing really bad B-movies, which I don't have a problem with. They also, I've talked to some people that felt like they had, you know, I even had somebody message on, on the, uh, or email earlier. Uh, was like, yeah, I watched USA Up on that, you know, because that was a great place for horror. Like, I do remember some horror. Like, I remember Chucky being on there. I remember, seems like the Friday the 13th being on there, right around Friday the 13th. And I think... 
I think that's right because it seems like I remember even it being Ronda Shear doing that. Uh, I definitely remember the Nightmare on Elm Streets. <clears throat> and I know that they had that reputation for that, but, you know, going through those lists and looking, Caddyshack was on USA Up All Night. And Fletch Lives was on USA Up All Night. And people may actually consider those bad movies. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I know Caddyshack is considered a classic, called a, a classic. You know, I sat here and I look across the room to my Caddyshack movie poster and my metal Caddyshack gopher sign, Freeze Gopher. I'm a huge Caddyshack fan. But I know where I first saw Caddyshack. I first saw Caddyshack by renting Caddyshack and not getting it. Not getting it at all at first. Um, Fletch, I consider to be a lot better movie. Fletch and Fletch Lives. <clears throat> I did first see Fletch on cable TV. I don't know where. But Fletch Lives, I definitely rented first. Uh, and got it right off. To me, that that's one of the better movies I've ever seen. But, you know, to me, like, I don't consider those bad movies that become cult classics or anything. And maybe, maybe other people do. Maybe that's the category they're in. But I don't look at them that way. And I'm getting ready to do a Chevy Chase episode that's just full-on Chevy Chase, and I'm beyond excited about that. But, you know, for this reputation of only having bad movies, they, they really had a lot of good movies. Actually, I'm going to pull up a list here. And, and we're just going to kind of touch on some stuff like... <clears throat> There's a movie, 976 Evil, uh, that was on USA Up All Night. I've heard about that movie a lot. I think there's even a Deftone song named after that. I've never seen that movie. It's a, I assume it's a horror movie. Then you get into like stuff like, and, and I love this, and I like the just the naming of this. Assault of the Killer Bimbos, Assault of the Party Nerds, Assault of the Party Nerds 2, The Heavy Petting Detective. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. I, I'm never not going to watch Attack of the Killer Tomatoes if it's on. It's just, <laughs> it's never on because TV's not really on anymore, you know. I couldn't just pull up a, a digital copy of that or, or, you know, look on a streaming service for those movies back then. If I wanted to see them, I had to catch them. And, you know, first thing I would do is, you know, let's see what I've got behind me here. Um, I, don't, I don't know that I necessarily do that with any of these movies, but the first thing I would do once I realized how good the movies were to me that were coming on USF, I'd get me a tape, and I would tape. I started out, and I regret this now. One, I regret that I threw these tapes away. Two, I regret the way I originally started out doing this. I started out stopping the recording every time it went to commercial so that I just got the movie, you know, and <clears throat> eventually, even back then, I realized well, Rhonda Shearer and Gilbert Godfrey are some of the best part of the movie, so I want the whole deal. Plus, I was really lazy and it went hit stop, record, stop, record, like that, and you miss stuff because your timing's not always perfect. Uh, or I'd get really bad movies that belong to somebody else in the house and put tape over this little hole. And if you're listening to this on iTunes, there is a YouTube version of this podcast on Retro Cult Podcast uh, to where you get video. But I put a piece of tape over this little hole on really bad movies. But Crocodile Dundee is not a movie I would have taped over, I don't believe. But, uh, and, and I would record those. And, you know, eventually 
I threw all those away. Uh, and that's tragic. I hate that. But I'd, I'd love, love to have those back at some point in time. Uh, but, you know, I, I could preserve it and rewatch it that way, but I had to catch it that first time. I couldn't just stream it. And before seeing Attack of the Killer Tomatoes on USA, on USA Up All Night, I don't know if I even knew that existed. I, I had no idea because there's still stuff like uh, Back to the Beach, Back to the Girls Dormitory. I may have even watched those maybe on mute uh, <laughs> just for the visual. I don't know. Um I'm sorry, bad girls dormitory, but you know, I don't remember them. You know, that, then you like Basket Case. Basket Case is obviously a big time, I guess, cult horror film. I did see large chunks of that in my life. It probably on USA up on that, but it it wasn't something that I was into. Now these two movies, um. And I'm assuming they replayed episodes of USA Up on Night, that it wasn't every week uh, of the year, every year. That, that's my assumption, uh, because I've never looked at dates on any of these movies. And there's movies like, I believe The Burbs was on there, but it was on there early in the run. I definitely seen The Burbs from USA Up on Night. And... So I'm assuming they replayed sometimes or something like that, or maybe they played that much later on. I'm not sure, but any car wash company, bikini car wash company two, bikini summer and bikini summer two. A lot of these films, and you, you got to understand me when I tell you this, a lot of these films are written in a way that, well, the script doesn't matter. What is in being emphasized here is bikini. I mean, let's let's be honest. That's you don't flip through and go bikini car wash company. That that's going to be Oscar worthy acting with an amazing, amazing plot twist and drama. No, it's not. It's going to be chicks in bikinis. And, and look. 12, 13, 14 year old kid, you know, yeah, actually, 10 year old kid, you know enough to know, hey, if I got this on tape, this will be valuable to somebody. You just don't realize it'll be valuable, valuable to you down the road. But <clears throat> I digress. I can't tell you which of those movies exactly I saw because I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to the storyline, but I most definitely had those recorded. And, you know, and then, like, I see Breakfast with Tiffany. I don't know what that was, but it's not Breakfast at Tiffany. So, you know, I'm, I'm curious. Now, Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death. Uh, I definitely remember this movie. Now, as to if it was on USA Up All Night or not, I don't know. And, you know, I sit and I say this about all these movies, I'm like, Okay, so how important was the aspect of USA up on that? I think it was very important because I seen that movie. It's not my type of movie, and I'm just not that into it. So, no, I don't know exactly where I saw it. Uh, and it's not a movie that I fell in love with, like, you know, Fletch, that 
I've watched Fletch twice in the last four months. I've watched Fletch Lives twice in probably the last two months. Um, so it's hard to recall exactly where the first place, and I do recall, actually, I've rented those, but it, it, it's hard to recall every time you've seen them and where you've seen them at. So, yeah, I don't remember if I saw Cannibal Women in Avocado Jungle on USA Up All Night, but I remember almost everything about the host interactions and all that on USA Up All Night. Um, but class of Newcomb High, I'm looking at this list. Class of Newcomb High, I most definitely saw um, on USA Up All Night. And um, most definitely was not prepared, maybe, uh, <laughs> for what I was seeing. Because uh, that was something new to me, that style of filmmaking and that style of movie. You know, you get um, Class of Newcomb High, Surf Nazis Must Die, you know, stuff like that. Like, I'd never seen anything like that. And this kind of opened me up to it. And I guess Class of Newcomb High is not, well, is there a hardcore horror, but it's definitely that kind of gross 80s action horror and that I could kind of sink my teeth into some as opposed to just like straight up horror and, you know, pinhead and stuff like that. I, I just, I didn't get into it. I remember Critters being on there and Critters is one of those that, you know, I kind of got into that was somewhat uh, horror based. Um, Evil Dead. I'm going to tell you, I don't remember seeing Evil Dead on there. But it would have been something I would have watched most definitely. Here's a Friday the 13th, one, two, and three. At least they only played the good Friday the 13th. So you've got that going for you. Then there's Friday night, Friday night two. I don't know. Now I see something here listed and I'm curious to what it is. It's Frogtown two, because I can tell you a movie that I definitely saw for the first time on USA up all night. And that was Hell Comes to Frogtown, Roddy Piper. Uh, I'm a huge fan of They Live, and uh, I'm a huge fan of Hell Comes to Frogtown. And if you've never seen Hell Comes to Frogtown, um, if you're from Knott County, which is where I live in Kentucky, um, Hell's not came to Frogtown yet. That's a place not far down the road from where I live. Um, but this is a different Frogtown. <clears throat> but uh, Roddy Piper is best I can recall, uh, is the only fertile man left alive. And, and well, you know, he's got to repopulate. Um, hell comes to frog down. So, uh, I, I say this, but I say it with hesitation. Like, I think people would agree. It's a horrible movie. Uh, I love everything about it. I like the fact that the story's just out there. I like that Roddy's Roddy. And I like the fact that it's just a movie for the sake of being a movie. It's like, we don't have a great story. We don't have great equipment. We don't have the best actors and actresses, but Roddy Piper's pretty good. And uh, these girls could show some skin and he could fight some and we could put some, you know, half mutated mutants in there. Yeah, yeah, we could do this. We, we, we can make, it's, it's almost that canon films um ideology of filmmaking which is 
another episode you look forward to pretty soon. I'm trying to get my buddy mug on here and, and uh, do a Canon films episode because I'm sorry, you know, they were at their prime, probably mid to late eighties. Uh, but hell comes the frog kind of something, you know, I've never seen it since then as far as like on TV and I don't know if I ever would have. And I, I know this, if I'd never seen it on USA up all night, somebody would have had to clue me in on that movie. And there's not a lot of people who I know personally in the area I'm from that are into that type of movie. So I may have never found hell comes to frog town. And really I can tell you right now, I was probably a light bloomer on they live because I most definitely seen hell comes to frog town before I seen they live. And really they live is kind of like fight club. Uh, you know, when I first saw fight club, I was like, when I first saw the advertisements for it, I was like, huh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I want that. And then I watched it the first time and I was like, huh, I don't really know how I feel about that. But then by the time I watched it the second time, it became one of my favorite movies and something I can watch almost any time. It's kind of that way with they live. It was a while before I seen it. And then when I did see it, I was like, I got to see that again and again and again. And uh, somewhere in all of this um, collection is my They Live box set. And I, I, I love They Live. And, and I really feel like, obviously, I gave it a chance for Roddy Piper. And obviously, by the time I heard about They Live, it had kind of already had a cult following. But I was a lot more comfortable going into the possibility of watching that due to the fact that on USA Up All Night, I found hell comes to frog town and it's a movie i mention a lot i mentioned that usa episode because that's most definitely where i seen it uh go back down this list a little bit i like hollywood hot tubs hollywood zap hollywood high and hollywood high two hollywood boulevard two they didn't show the first one i'm going to tell you why hollywood boulevard was not up to the level of film that Hollywood Boulevard 2 was. And, and I understand that hot moves, hot resort, hot splash, hot times at Montclair High. Hmm. I wonder, because I don't remember ever seeing that film, if there's any relation to or any desire to maybe make a play on people who may have enjoyed fast times at Ridgemont High. Hot under the collar. Hunk. Ah, Kentucky Fried Movie, a movie I didn't see till much later. Um, definitely didn't see it on USA Up All Night, but Jocks. Jocks is a movie that I definitely seen back in that time period uh, and definitely had on tape. And you got to look like the, one of the biggest things, and, and I was like, if you, I, I imagine something like I wonder because like my son's eleven, and and maybe I'll show you guys move the camera, the fixed camera before we get done here, and like show you like we have, and we don't have all of it out. Like we don't have this big, massive, expensive collection of stuff, but like we have a lot of cool stuff that means stuff to me personally. But we also have a lot of stuff like we have a whole Nintendo section. And uh, Hanna Barbera collection that's solely him, like all of these retro games, the NES, the Super NES. Like, I could have two or three games from each system that really means something to me, and that, that's about it because I don't game a ton, and he really doesn't game a ton either. But he loves, I mean, loves 
retro games. He loves retro stuff. So I always wonder if people listen to this that are younger because they're into retro stuff. And I don't know if they do or not. But to understand, you know, to be – because he's 11 and, like, he still doesn't fully grasp it. And I I don't – like, I didn't fully grasp at 10 or 11 what life was like in the 50 – in the 50s for my grandparents. You know, I I had no clue. But the the process of getting movies, like going to a video store and renting movies, like, okay, my daughter who is – uh, will be 24 this year. Like she understands that because when me and my wife first got together, she was really little. Like we still went to a local video store. Even after she got a little bit older, there was still a video store hanging on pretty tough around here that we went to. And like, she understands the idea over and, and then she understand the, like she kind of saw the progression from us doing that to, to be honest with you, us having the money to pay a little bit more, and it being a little bit more convenient to do a direct TV rental or something like that. But my son has no frame of reference for that at all. And I wonder about people that listen to this that may be younger, because when I would record something like Bikini Car Wash or Jocks or something like that and get it on a VHS tape, that was something that, I'm not to be crude, but like Pornhub is everywhere now, like, 14-year-old kids are probably all over that, I'm assuming, because they all have phones, and it's everywhere. And, and, like, movies that you're, quote, not supposed to see, rated R, movies, whatever, like, how easy is it for kids to access that? Like, they, they can get their hands on, you know, like, you know, a fire stick or the internet, just their laptop, they can find it. Like, to watch a really hardcore action movie with a lot of blood and guts or a horror movie, especially if you're a horror movie fan. Like, I never was, but... I can imagine that played really big into that for them and I just took out the whole microphone but <clears throat> even like more the well you know people in my generation may have called Skinamax style movies that you could get off of Cinemax and HBO the tier down below that was USA up all night movies that really didn't show anything but had this uh, it insinuated uh, sexy stuff and so those became valuable. They, you know, go to your buddy and say, hey, have you seen this? Let me check this out. And also like crude jokes and crude humor and, and things like that. And he's like, you're not supposed to be able to get your hands on that. And you can get your hands on it. And, and it's coming on cable TV. You just got to stay up a little late and you just got to record it. So I remember having these video, these movies recorded because like it was a big deal to have them. You know what I mean? It was it, it had some gravitas with your friends if uh, you had that, you know. Like, yeah, I would have Killer Tomatoes strike back. Not a lot of people were interested in that that I was friends with. They, they really, it didn't get them, you know. And I would have Meatballs. Uh, even Meatballs 2, I pretend 3 and 4 don't exist, but even Meatballs 2, and I would have it and I would be like, you know, that means something. I'm going to hang on that. Meatballs is still one of my favorite movies. I love Bill Murray. Him and Chevy Chase are two of my favorite comedic actors of all time. And I just, I love their movies. And so that meant something to me. You know, uh, then you turn around and you've got Bikini Car Wash. 
that that means something to my friends. <laughs> like it means something to me, but it means something to my friends too. Whereas maybe you know, um, that hell comes to Frogtown. I don't know. Hell comes to Frogtown could kind of so yeah, it could skate that somewhat. Um, go back to the list here and see what I get. Porkies. I'm gonna tell you. I remember the first time I ever seen Porkies. And I remember the last time I seen Porkies. I can tell you that the last time I seen Porkies was December of 2021. And I'll say this with no apologies, it is still as enjoyable to me as it was when I was younger, but it is funnier. To me now, because there's stuff that maybe I picked up on that I didn't. And I say that unapologetically. It's a great movie. And it's one of those, you know, everybody, maybe it is a cult classic. But that was something that even, like, cable channels tried to show during primetime sometimes and, you know, just cut the crap out of. And, look, you can cut the crap out of it, and it's still there. It's still, you know, um a movie, but it's not the same movie. And obviously I don't recommend that for kids. And I don't know how old I was when I saw that. I probably was definitely was way too young, but I've not killed anybody yet. So apparently it doesn't lead to any type of psychotic things. I, you know, that I, that I know of uh, reform school girls on the other hand could lead to, no, it just was good trade material. But I, I look at, my love for this show, you know, and like I would even give things a try, like Sleepaway Camp, if it would come on USA Up All Night, that I wouldn't give an opportunity to any other time, you know. Um, because again, I'm not a horror guy, but like toxic the, the toxic avenger series you know and all that trauma stuff that come on there that's really stuff that just in any given day of the week and i mean you're I, I, the cartoon and all that that come later you know i don't know how kitty they tried to make it because i never seen it uh but to be just watching tv and looking for that i, th I think i had to somewhat be initiated into that USA up on that kind of mindset and culture to, to get into those. Cause that's not my style of movie. The vice Academy stuff was definitely my style of movie. You know, it was, and it's just hodge because they didn't stick to some formula. Like, I don't know what Joe, I, just formulas i know he was really entertaining like even to the point that sometimes i watched his show just like as he went in between commercials and stuff like his the the physical aspect of him being on there and him doing the jokes so like i like the character i watched that and like i did watch a couple of movies on there and tried to get into him but you know it wasn't really my thing and i watched the elvira movies i don't really i remember occasionally finding that okay this channel maybe it was wgn or something like that is running elvira right now but you know i wasn't gonna do that weekly um usa up all night just always felt let me say the most old man dad thing i'm gonna say and I'll, it felt hip kids 
It felt like you were in the know. You were part of the ant crowd. I don't know. Like, because looking back, I don't remember friends that watched USA upon that. Like that, like we're super close friends. Like my buddy Lance, I remember my buddy Lance saying, Yeah, I watch USA upon that. Um, I can remember watching USA upon that when he was around. So I don't know if he just seen it through me or what, but he was a good kid. So I'm assuming before getting to know me, he probably didn't watch it. We started hanging out around seventh grade. And by seventh grade, I was most definitely watching USA up all night at every opportunity. Um, buddy Eric, who I was closest with, I, like I don't remember him ever saying, yeah, I watched USA up all night or this. Like I, just, I don't remember it being talked about. So I wasn't doing it to be like, Hey, look how cool I am. I'm watching USA up all night. Like, I think I'm just was a weird kid that found it and went, Oh, I want to watch this. And I really enjoyed it. Like, and I it's amazing because you know, let's say I started watching in 92, uh at 10 years old, you know. Okay. I'm I'll be 40 this year. I still think about it. And it's been off the air since 98. I graduated high school in 2000. So that's been 22, 24 years ago. And I'm still thinking about it. So it had a, it had an, like, it was one of those enjoyable things. And I, I wonder like how much did it impact other people? Did other people like enjoy it as much? Did you think Gilbert Gottfried was as funny as I thought he was? And did you think that Rhonda Shear was as hot as I thought Rhonda Shear? Like, I, you know, I, I don't know. It's it, those juvenile statements to make because I was a juvenile person watching that show. And I don't know if that could ever exist again in that way. Like, here's this TV host and I'm sitting down and I'm going to say, okay, here's this movie. I'm really just going to touch on it a little bit. You know, like the little bit of Joe Bob, I remember watching, like he gave some cool information and stuff on the movies too. Like he, he was comedic, but he also sometimes, cause like I remember USA up on that going, you know, uh, throwing a fact in, you know, here and there as well. But like Joe Bob just, kind of attack that from a different way and really most of my interest in him came after like well not not too far long back like a, a, the buddy of ours mine and mugs passed away brad you know he would make these compilations of joe bob briggs like at the movie that he was actually playing like four episodes though the joe bob part and then the movie and the commercial and he was telling us about that and, and I never seen one, but I thought it was really cool. And I, you know, that's what made me think, man, I'd like to have that for USA upon that. And I would buy that tomorrow. They come out tomorrow and say, yeah, here is every movie that ever played on USA upon that with all the bumpers, all of the Gilbert Godfrey parts and the Rhonda Shear parts and blah, blah, blah. Take my money. I'll go buy it tomorrow, but, um, we're almost done. And, uh, I know it's been a long time since I've done an episode and like, I, I don't know how many people are going to listen to this when I upload it. And I don't know how long it's going to take to build back an audience. I, I have no clue and don't think that it was me not wanting to do a podcast 
or me not enjoying doing a podcast. It was a combination of things, you know, and I made the statement on Facebook, life happens, and it does. And <clears throat> some things happened that that did make it harder for me to do the show. Also, I got lazy. And like you, you have you have to be honest uh, about this. Like if if you just say it and make excuses and go, okay, you know, stuff happens, but you know, um, it was really bad. And I, I easily could have made episodes. I I, I could have. I made excuses and I let myself fall into a lazy state of mind. And, and it wasn't a desire to not do it a, at all. Um, and and this was. The, my newest podcast, you know, I've, I've got <clears throat> Talk Junkie, which has been around for years now, but then this was new and it, it almost felt like I've not built this up yet, so I can take time off from that. And that was another way to make an excuse to be lazy. Yeah, what I had to deal with, and, and, and it's nothing like major, like my life was in danger or we had any great family illness. It, it was inconveniences and I don't believe in excuse making. So, the, the easiest way to do that is to be honest about it. It was just inconveniences that I, I didn't want to work hard enough to work around and, um, and, and was being lazy when I should have been, you know, if I really want to do this, I've got to put work into it. Cause I, I watch guys like goose from here to chew bubble gum. And I watch guys and gals like the people at um, the spooky family. And, you know, I, I look, <clears throat> you know, Goose's job's a lot more hectic than mine, and Goose has a lot more irons in the fire. He's doing a lot more things than I'm doing, and I don't hear excuses. I, I just see results. And one of the members of the Spooky family has a job schedule that is a nightmare as far as being conducive to doing a podcast, and they've got three people to line up, and Goose has two to three people to line up. I, it's just me on both shows 90% of the time, and those people – you know, yeah, they might miss an episode here or there. They might do, but they always make up for it and they always put out a really good product and they always work hard at what they do. And you look at Seth's daily podcast. This, this dude's putting out a podcast a day, you know. Uh, I wasn't working hard enough and I could sit and make excuses all day, but was it, you know, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't impact your all's day that I'm not here not doing this. It's just a matter of if I expect you to listen and I expect you to invest time in this, whether it's good or not. Like, even if this is the best podcast you've ever heard, and I'm sure it most definitely isn't. Because, like, tonight was rushed and I was nervous and it was the first one back. But even if it was, like, I, I have to put something into it and give you something for your time. Otherwise... Why would you, why would you even attempt to to do it? You know, so I, I appreciate you guys hanging in there, and I appreciate you guys. You know, um, if you're back listening and you listened before, I appreciate that. And if you're new, I welcome you with open arms. I really do. And one of the biggest issues with this podcast too was I wasn't satisfied because. I didn't feel this was something I could do alone like I do with Talk Junkie. Uh, and it is. It's just going to take more work. And the episodes have to be better than they were tonight. And the episodes have to get more work than they do when they have when I have guests, you know. And when I'm fortunate enough to have one or any 
of the spooky family on here uh like i did with two of the episodes from the first run like it felt easy and you know even when i made them go way too long on a halloween podcast that we should have stopped at the old ones and they still hung in and they didn't complain and the little bit of mail I've got from this show was mostly about how much people enjoyed having them on. So I've got good friends and I've got a good community around me. So go check out those shows, go check out spooky family. Uh, you're not going to regret it, especially if you're in a paranormal and stuff like that. Spooky family podcast is an excellent, excellent podcast. I can't rave about it enough. Um, and, and I really, really enjoy those human beings as people uh, check out, paranormal trucker with uh, pt bart uh, a great guy that i met through these people podcast and, and just a, a good dude and it's only on youtube right now uh, i'm pushing for him and seth both to stick to itunes and 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 things of that nature uh because spotify because it's easier on the road go go check them out check out seth's daily podcast um <laughs> Check out Goose and Here to Chew Bubblegum. Of all those shows, it it is the one that, you know, he's had a head start. I've, I've been doing this longer than Goose, and I feel like Goose is the guy I call and ask more questions to than anybody. Uh, he's got a head start on us all in terms of quality and like production and things of that nature, because he had a background and something similar to that before. Uh, but check them out, Ch- check out, you know, whoever it is you enjoy podcasting, no matter how big a star they are, how much of a nobody like me, they are support them, email them. And it's, retro cult podcast at gmail.com it could have been longer but i would have never remembered it and if i had it to do over again it'd have been a shorter email and i may change it at some point uh facebook retro cult podcast uh youtube is either retro cult or retro cult podcast i don't know and tiktok is retro cult pod i believe i'll write all that down next time like a professional like i should do but um Thanks for being here. And uh, you can wait and hopefully you listen to this about 11 o'clock at night. And it was just like sitting through an episode of USA up all night for you. But thanks. Have a great day. And like I said, coming up soon, we're going to have Chevy Chase episode. We're going to have Canon Films episode. We are going to have two guests for WrestleMania 2 and 3 episode. Um that honestly we've been watching this and talking about this we've had a podcast worth of discussion between myself goose and mug uh over the last couple of months about this and it's just a matter of time and an issue and life because life happens thank you all have a great night don't uh oh, that's their own podcast i don't sign off with that thank you guys have a good night <laughs>